Spring is in full swing and summer is just around the corner. A great time for a beach getaway at the Oceanfront Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Enjoy the best of oceanfront accommodations and amazing dining right on the beach, both with great views of the ocean and boardwalk. Enjoy a soak in the heated indoor spa pool or book the adults-only concierge level and relax in the rooftop hot tubs. Book online at boardwalkplaza.com or call 800-33 beach thanks to the boardwalk plaza for being the bridge podcast network sponsor if you have ever wondered why christians worship on sundays you found the right podcast i'm mark dickey and i'm burt miller and you are listening to the why do christians podcast Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Mark Dickey. I host the afternoon show on a Christian radio station called The Bridge. My co-host is the Burt Miller. Wow. He's lead pastor of Solid Ground Church in Lewis, Delaware. Burt, how are you today? Mark Jubilation Dickey. <laughs> I'm doing so well. Just so, just wonderfully, wonderfully well, because you put the word the... With money. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. You know, it's interesting because putting the before someone's name. Don't do it. <laughs> almost. Well, it also kind of turns you into like an object, doesn't it? I guess so. Like you're no longer you. You're, you're a thing. You're right. I, I instantly regret feeling a sense of enjoyment when you said that. Yeah, no, you're right. I, you, you dehumanized me is what just happened there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it's a good thing we're not talking about that today. Great. Um, you know, I, I've always wondered, like, churches meet on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, businesses used to always be closed on Sundays so that everybody could go to church. Mm-hmm. And uh, in my time of being a Christian, I learned that the Sabbath is the seventh day of the week but some calendars start the week on Sunday and it's all just really confusing. Like, yeah. <laughs> what, what is the deal with Christianity and Sunday? So Mark, the story of why we meet on Sundays is a long and drawn out one. That's uh, I'm completely kidding. <laughs> no, you, you're, you're right to recognize that, right? Because Sabbath typically is the seventh day of the week. Sunday would be the first day of the week. And, you know, man, for the longest time, I didn't get that either. I, I thought it was, like, when I would read the Bible and saw Sabbath, I thought that was Sunday because I would see what we would talk about, like, you know, Holy Day and stuff like that. And so I just assumed, well, we meet on Sunday, so that's the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And weekend, I just figured, man, it's weird that we just take two days at the end of a week and have off from work or whatever. And it wasn't until, <laughs> I don't even know what age I was, where I was like, oh, no, it's the ends of the week. So the first day and the last day of the week are the weekends. And so, Whoa. yeah, yeah, there it is right there. Whoa. Like we, 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 the episode is done. Haven't even gotten to, <laughs> yeah, but, but now, now like, I feel like we, we've laughed, we've cried, we've learned some things together and uh, no, but I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> it's only because there's onions in here. No. So um, the neat thing is like, so how we, how we got to it, right? Um, something to remember is that all of the the original uh, church leaders, the apostles and disciples and and uh, who have you, they were all Jewish, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so this idea of taking a day to uh, worship God, 
uh, it starts before there is Christianity. It starts in Judaism. It starts, um, they, they would call it uh, Shabbat, uh, which is just another way to say Sabbath, different uh, translation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it sort of, it starts in the Hebrew Bible. This is a, a reoccurring uh, theme in the Hebrew Bible, our, our Old Testament. So for instance, like the first sort of mention of, hey, the seventh day, the Sabbath is different. Uh, is all the way, if you can believe this, it's all the way back in the creation story. Like, mm-hmm. like you've got in Genesis 1, you've got God creating the heavens and the earth. You got all this stuff, right? And over and over and over again, you, you got uh, this reoccurring line like, you know, there's morning, there's evening the first day, there's morning, there's evening the second day. But then when you hit the seventh day, the the flow of, of, of that kind of poetry or, or what have you, mm-hmm. it's disrupted. And so this is so going into Genesis 2. This is what it says in Genesis 2, verses 2 and 3. It says, By the seventh day, God had finished the work that he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And then it says in verse 3, Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. And so that's okay where this idea of Sabbath begins to enter. It's all the way in Genesis 2. But something interesting to note there is, I don't know if you call it like, there's no repetition of there's morning and there's evening, hmm. the seventh day, and that's going to come up. But there's a reason for that. Um, but so th- there's this pattern that okay, hey, one day a week God rested, and this is what He's going to have for His people. So you jump forward, and you've got Moses uh, with the Israelites in the wilderness, like the giving of the Ten Commandments in Exodus twenty, and one of the commandments has to do with the Sabbath. This is uh, Exodus twenty verses eight through eleven, where uh, the command is remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. He says, uh, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male, nor female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in, and, and, and what uh, Moses does here is he references that creation story that we just read. So he says, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that's in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And so that's the beginnings of this idea of, hey, we're going to take one day a week and we're going to set it apart to God. And it's going to be a time for rest and worship. Well, hearing that it was six days and then one day off mm-hmm. really makes me thankful that we we don't work six day work weeks. Some people do, I'm sure. A lot of people work seven day work weeks, sure. sure. But I'm glad that the cultural norm is work five days, be off for two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you were talking a lot about Saturday being the Sabbath. So, right. so I mean, for most of us, Sunday is the Sabbath. How did yeah, that change? Yeah. Well, okay, it's here that I've also got to just uh, clarify something, that most Christians worship on Sunday. And, and we can talk about why the heritage of that is. There are some groups that would still say, no, the Sabbath is our holy day. That's when we worship God. Um, and so Saturday is that time, not Sunday. So I just want to be clear that not every Christian does that, but mm. the vast, vast, vast majority do worship on Sunday. And where that comes from is the resurrection of Jesus. So what you find is all right, in, in, in the, the crucifixion narratives of all of the Gospels, right, Jesus, he's uh, he dies on Friday, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's in the tomb for all of Saturday. He, you know, for lack of a better way of saying it, his body is laid to rest and it's fulfilled on that Sabbath. And then on Sunday morning is when everything changes. So, uh, you know, we, we look at Matthew 28, verse 1, where it's describing, like, here's how the resurrection story begins. It says, after the Sabbath, so when the Sabbath was done, 
at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. And so what begins to happen is his disciples go, hold on, Jesus fulfilled the Sabbath for us. And now what we're going to do is we're going to commemorate his resurrection on the first day of the week. So the Sabbath was done. And on the first day is when Jesus rose from the dead. And so um, with this idea of the Sabbath, like transitioning to a Sunday, like in terms of the day that we will honor, they actually start to call it the Lord's Day. And so they'll talk about like, you know, on, in the Lord's Day or during the Lord's Day, I was doing this, I was doing that. So hmm. some examples of this would be, I mean, like from the jump, like we, we don't have any record of the first Christians uh, having their gatherings on Saturdays. Like from the jump, they switch to Sundays. Okay. So like you could look at Acts 20 verse 7 where um, just Luke in describing worship, he says, uh, on the first day of the week, which again would be Sunday, uh, we came together to break bread. And then he talks about how Paul uh, started talking with people and he talked for a long time. He had a really long sermon where a guy actually falls asleep, falls out a window and dies and they have to pray for the Lord to resurrect him. It's a whole other, whole other <laughs> passage, but like, yeah, but that's, but there's the custom, like they're, they're meeting on Sundays. Again, we could look at Revelation uh, when, when John is talking about when he receives his vision Right in Revelation one ten, he says, "On the Lord's day, which would be Sunday, I was in the spirit and heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet." Or again, another one would be uh, instructive, like Paul when he's writing the Corinthian church in First Corinthians uh, sixteen verse two, and he's talking about, "Hey, you know, let's make sure that we set aside money to help uh, different churches." And so he says, "On the first day, and there's our word, the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have." or it will have to be made. Hmm. And so um, I know that can seem a little bit tricky because it's like, well, okay, but why the switch? If we see in Genesis, we see in Exodus that God designated the Sabbath as a holy day, why would they so flippantly make the switch? And the reason is because they believed the Sabbath had been fulfilled in Christ. In other words, they would say that the Sabbath was ultimately pointing to a greater time. It's why the Sabbath day doesn't have, in, in the Genesis story, it doesn't have the the morning and the, the evening part of that language. In other words, like God is showing something about that day that, in other words, th- that people are longing for a greater rest, hmm. and that greater rest is Christ. Um, R.C. Sproul, he, he said it like this one time, and I thought this was, this was great. He said, uh, from creation until Christ, the people of God worked six days and then rested on the seventh day. This was a picture of their looking forward to eternal rest. The seventh day of creation was not structured with an evening and morning as the previous six days, which signified that the seventh day had no end and was thus a foretaste of eternity itself. And I think this is supported biblically. Like, there's a great part in the book of Hebrews where the author says, this is Hebrews uh, 4, verses 9 through 11. He says, There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. In verse 11, Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. In other words, like the rest that people have been longing for is the fulfillment of life in Christ. And so that like that Sabbath has been fulfilled in Jesus. And so now when we worship on Sunday, what we're doing, it's actually, this is crazy thing about, it's actually gospel in nature. We are, we are choosing to reenact the resurrection of Jesus through our actions. Uh, Jesus got up on Sunday morning for us. And so we rise on Sunday morning as well to worship him and commemorate what he's done for us. Hmm. 
<laughs> hey, Mark, do you like commercials? I do. Don't we all? Wouldn't it be great if we had a sponsor for this podcast? Mark, nothing would make me happier. Well, you could sponsor this podcast by contacting us at podcast at wearethebridge.org. You could be a hot dog stand. A, a cheese grater company. You could sell furniture. Or Wi-Fi. <laughs> Contact us at podcast at wearethebridge.org. I, I think that's it. I think we got it. So are there like calendars, like ancient calendars that have like Christians like, okay, go to church this day. Like, <laughs> Well, not so much calendars, but, but there are testimonies. Okay. Right, so there, there. For instance, there are guys called the the Apostolic Fathers, right? And because anything about church history is, it's really well documented. There's a lot of writing, right? And the Apostolic Fathers, they were the guys that were discipled by the disciples. In other words, like you know, so John is teaching people, and and Peter is teaching people, and like the people that they taught uh, were these Apostolic Fathers, and and these guys wrote about like what they believe, what their practices were, like what that looked like. And so one of them in particular, I'm thinking of. As a guy named Justin Martyr, um, who wrote this thing called his first apology, and this is written around 150 AD. So we're talking like a very, very short window from when uh, New Testament writings are copied down, and this writing coming up, where he's at, he actually he, he describes what Sunday morning worship looked like, and and okay, standard Christian practice. So this is what he picked up from the disciples who knew Jesus and and walked with him. He says this. He says, um, on Sunday, we have a common assembly of all our members, whether they live in the city or as the outline or at the outlying districts, the, the recollections of, I'm sorry, the recollections of the apostles or the writings of the prophets are read. So, Hey, we, we all get together on Sunday and we talk about like what the apostles taught us, or if we've got writings that they, they have, because remember the canon of scripture is still being formed at this point. Mm. Um, so they're, but they're, they're choosing to get together and be taught, which is really neat. Um, as long, he says, as long as there's time. When the reader is finished, the president, the president of the assembly speaks to us. He urges everyone to imitate the examples of virtue we have heard in the readings. Then we all stand up together and pray. And so that's okay. Like I mean, it sounds like a sermon, right? Here's yeah. what we learn. Here's what you do with it, and then they all pray together. And then, but here's this cool part. And then he says, on conclusion of our prayer, bread and wine and water are brought forward. The president offers prayers and gives thanks to the best of his ability, and the people give assent by saying, "Amen." The Eucharist is distributed. Now, really quick, sometimes people divide over, like, hey, what's the full significance of communion? Um, a lot of that wasn't really articulated until Thomas Aquinas about the 14th century, so this isn't a hmm. dividing point. Uh, Justin's Justin's verbiage of the Eucharist, he, he just means communion. Okay. That's, it's early enough to just know that. So um, he says, the Eucharist is distributed. Everyone, presents, or, so everyone present communicates, and the deacons take it to those who are absent. Okay, so now they're, uh, they're they they distribute uh, the elements and they take them. If somebody's sick and they can't be there, they'll take it to them at their house, which is that's special, right? I love that. Yeah. But then listen to this. Okay. It says the wealthy, if they wish may make a contribution and they themselves decide the amount. So, Hey, you know, maybe people won't want to give to make this happen. Nobody's like pressuring them. They decide how much they should give. They go ahead and do that. The collection is placed in the custody of the president who uses it to help the orphans and the widows and all who for any reason are in distress, whether because they are sick in prison uh, or away from home. In a word, he takes care of all who are in need, which is so cool. And then here's the last part of this, okay? Again, this is 150 AD. He says this, we hold our common assembly on Sunday because it is the first day of the week, the day on which God put darkness and chaos to flight 
and created the world. And because on that same day, our Savior Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Whoa. For he was crucified on Friday, and on Sunday he appeared to his apostles and disciples and taught them the things that we have passed on for your consideration. So all the way back, this is the heritage of Christians worshiping on Sunday. It's meant to commemorate the resurrection. It's meant, and I love, I love Justin's note there. Hey, listen, like on the first day, God like brought uh, order in the chaos, right? It's, it'll be like the, the earth was formless without void. Like God is beginning to, like he reshapes creation. Like, I mean, he does all this great stuff, right? Um, and he's going, like, we are also reshaping through being the kingdom of God. We're commemorating uh, the resurrection of Jesus. And so it's incredibly symbolic in that way for why they choose to meet when they do. Mm, I love that. Put darkness to flight. Right. It's just, I don't know. I know, it's man. Just the poetry of it. Yeah. It's just so beautiful. Okay. So in history, you know, uh, people started worshiping on Saturdays, but we've transitioned into this Sunday thing. Mm-hmm. Is there a, is there a reason why we have to keep it that way? Yeah. I, I don't know that it's a have to. Okay. Um, I, I think there are some things to keep in mind with it. So we, like, like, I wouldn't say it's a sin thing, right? There are churches that sometimes what they'll do is, um, you know, let's say they're just, they're exploding in growth. They're having more people than they can fit. Mm-hmm. They might fill up Sundays and then gather on Monday or do a Saturday night. Do I think they're sinning by doing that? No, I don't. Um, I think largely it's a heritage thing mm. and it's a gospel commemoration thing. So I, I would say it like this, um, there's an idea uh, and I'm getting this from, there's a theologian whose name is Derek Thomas, who talks about this a lot. Um, there's such a thing as what's called antinomianism. That's a long word. But basically what it means is being anti-law. In other words, if it's a rule, it's wrong. And so some people, what they do is they just pivot away from any kind of organization or rule because they go like, no, 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 we're under grace and anything that's structured is bad. I think that's a mistake. Um, but it's also, like, but it's not right to make it this thing of, okay, it's, it's sin or not. I think better... The understanding would just be this. A good reason to meet on Sunday is because, number one, there's gospel nature to it. Like when we when we rise on Sunday morning to worship the Lord, we are choosing to commemorate what Jesus has done for us. So in that way, it's a witness. This is why, by the way, I think every Christian should be part of a church. I think every Christian should be uh, joining in the assembly of believers because this thing was designed to not be done alone. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it, especially in an age where it's easy for us to just kind of be like, well, I'll watch online, I'll do this. I think it's better to go and get out, like get in your car, go somewhere, because what I know about us as people is that we we sort of unintentionally drift towards uh, the wrong things. So, you know, an example would be okay, like, well, I, you know, I, why Sunday? Well, how about like I just relax on Sunday, right? Some people, they if they work every day or if they work a lot, People, people harp on them for being workaholics, and we say, oh, listen, you, need, you need to take your Sunday as a day of rest and worship the Lord. And that's an easy target. But let me talk about, sometimes people, their their stumbling block is pleasure. For some people, like, hey, man, Sunday's my day where I'm going to sleep in extra, and I'm going to go shopping, we're going to go to all these events. Um, and I get there's a lot to experience, and there's a lot to be enjoyed in the world. But what I know is spirituality at points is a discipline. And and it's one of those things where if you just think, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be a Christian and I'll just kind of do it my own way, I would say, listen, there's 2,000 years of heritage of Christians who are just as busy as you are 
or or who have just as many opportunities as you have to experience all these great things in the world, let me suggest to you that you make this a witness in your actions. Because I'll tell you what, look, your neighbors are going to see you on Sunday morning. When you get in that car hmm. and, you, and you're loading the kids up and they're screaming and they're throwing the Pop-Tarts at you, <laughs> you're trying to get them in the car, like they're going to see that. They're going to why in the world are so-and-so getting their car and, and driving somewhere every single week? And they're like, oh, because they're a Christian. Um, it's one of those things where we think, okay, well, nobody sees it but me. What's it matter? But I would tell you, you're partaking in a heritage that's much greater than you. And also, you're joining into a community that God himself designed. And so it's not so much it's a sin thing or not as it is. It's just a really good idea thing. Hmm. I feel like you just answered it, but it. I, I want to look at that concept from a different angle. Like, I mean, if church is only, let's say church is an hour long, two hours Right. I mean, if they're really going for it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, well, no, like, I mean, why not have church on Monday night? Sure. Like yeah. we'll go eat dinner and then we'll go into church. And you know what? There's a, there's about a two to three hour period after work on Monday that we could go to church and come home and keep our whole Sunday free. You could, but the, the thing that I would, well, let me say it like this so, for some people, that's the only time they can do it. Right, you know, I think you got a nurse who's working at the ER on Sundays. Yeah. Are you going to tell her no? Like, let people go by the wayside in sickness? I, I think that's unethical. Um, so there are some people for whom, like Monday night, would be the only physical time they could. I would say if you have the option of Sunday, you should be there. And the reason I say that is um, there's just a general principle in how we relate to God. It's not what makes us right with Him. It's just a good heart thing. Mm-hmm. And it's this idea of we don't give God our leftovers. We give Him our first and our best. And so, yes. and so if Sunday is, is the first day of the week, it's the first hour that I'm up, it's the first thing that I do, what I'm saying is, all right, God, I'm putting you before everything else that I do this week. Before I do anything else, I want to go and I want to honor you. But at the same time, I, I want to be really careful to caution that, look, it's not what it should, what, what we shouldn't shift into is this belief of like, man, no, well, it's this day and this is my, my holy thing because of the day itself. Mm-hmm. No, like a couple of verses that I think are, are extremely poignant. Uh, on this matter be Romans 14, verses 5 and 6, where Paul says, one person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord before they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. In other words, the day itself isn't the issue. It's the heart of what's behind it. So if it's a thing of, hey, you know, I'm doing Monday because it just works better for our schedule. Well, hold on. Is it that you don't have the availability or is it a convenience thing? I think in in an age where we're we're concentrating to make things more and more convenient, we need to be careful there because it's easy for us to sort of shift our priorities around and and we forget that, no, actually the Lord comes first. But again, like with this day thing, I think the New Testament is abundantly clear that it's not about the specific day itself. It's about the action. It's about the the gospel presentation. And so sometimes people, they get tripped up and they'll say things like, um, you know, it's no, it's got, it's got to be the Sabbath. It has to be Saturday. And I'd say, listen, if that's your conviction, like what we read in Romans earlier, if you're convicted that Saturday is, I'm going to honor God by worshiping on Saturday. Okay. You need to worship on Saturday. That's, that's literally what Romans 14 uh, just said. But, but, but let me caution you not to judge your brother and sister who may say, no, it's Sunday. That's, that's our time. Like Colossians, 2, 16 and 17, Paul writes, he says, therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon, a new moon celebration, or, listen to this, 
or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ, which is what we've been saying. The Sabbath was ultimately pointing to Jesus who has fulfilled it. And so make sure that as like whatever time you're, you're picking, you're doing so under uh, unction of conscience, but at the same time, you're not judging others if their time of worship of the Lord Jesus Christ, whom you also believe, if that worship time looks different, that's okay. Hmm. All right, I'm going to throw you a big curveball. Woo! <laughs> I forget what the circumstances were, but there was a particular Sunday morning that I didn't get to go to church. Uh, it might have even been like Labor Day weekend. Um, uh, sometimes our church doesn't meet on those busy weekends because it's mm-hmm. a beach church. But I I was not going to church on a Sunday morning. There was a really good reason for it. I genuinely can't remember. Mark, I'm I'm going <laughs> to judge you. I'm going to stare at you. It was one particular Sunday. <laughs> you account for your actions. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? My, I think she was two at the time. My little girl needs to get out of the house. So I'm going to take her to the playground. And I went to the playground on a Sunday morning, like 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. And there were dads everywhere. Mm. There were just people all over this playground with their kids. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, whoa. It just blew my mind. Like, mm-hmm. well, if you want to reach people who don't know Jesus, go somewhere populated on Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, the not that that's a good way to like, not, no, not the, a good mission, but no, it was just so interesting. Right. No, the trickiness of it is, I mean, I, I hear the heart behind that. But, I mean, you, you can extend that logic in a lot of different ways. Like, okay, hey, um, if you meet people who don't know Jesus, go to this place. Well, that place might not be good for you. That's a good point. Yeah. So I, I think, like, my question in that situation would be, okay, is there a way for you to go to church first? Is there a way to yeah. go there and then invite those guys to, to come to church with you? But whatever you do, I would say don't lose the, the discipline, and it is a discipline, uh, of regularly gathering with believers each week. And that's another thing that's um, a little bit – it's it's different in the times that we live now in terms of church attendance and gathering for worship. It used to be that there was this expectation of you're going to be in church every single week. In some churches, you're going to be there multiple times in the week. You're going to be there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, what have you. Now things have shifted a little bit in terms of Christians and religious activity, where the average Christian, if they're part of a church, they're there about once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's wrong. And, and the reason I think that's wrong is because, listen, how are you going to be part of the life of a church if you're barely there? How, how are you going to use your gifts to build up other believers if you're just sort of keeping them to yourself? And again, I know life is crazy. And I know a lot of stuff uh, goes down. At the same time, we are we are part of something much bigger than ourselves. And I think we need to, as best we can, stay away from a sort of low view of church that's, you know, listen, it's just me and Jesus. And so it doesn't matter if I get around other people. That view is not supported by the New Testament. Um, I, I would think about Acts two forty two, where like when the first church Ooh, is that not giving up meeting together? Uh, that's Hebrews. Oh. Um, but no, no. But Acts two forty two is a snapshot of what the the first church, the church that remember how Jesus said, Peter on this rock, I'll build my church. Yeah. Right. Okay. So Peter proclaims the gospel. This is what the church looks like. Okay. So what's the church that Jesus said he would build look like? In Acts two forty two, it tells us it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread. And to prayer, right? Okay, so if we were to just look at that in, in this age of, you know, it's just me and Jesus. Here's my question. Um, 
if I were to say to you, hey, can you grow in your relationship with Jesus if you never pray? You'd probably say no, right? I mean, yeah, because yeah, how can you grow in a relationship with God if you don't talk to him, right? Mm-hmm. If I were to say to you, hey, can you grow in your relationship with Jesus if you never read the Bible? Yeah, probably not. I mean, hypothetically, God can work miracles, but knowing who he is through his word, engaging the word of God is, is essential for the Christian heart and spirit, right? That's mm-hmm. the apostle's teaching. Okay, so if we would say, all right, yeah, you know, prayer is essential, Bible studies is essential. Why is it that we treat fellowship as optional? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the answer is that it's not. Like, we were designed to be in community together. And so, I mean, is it, is it, is it a sin to not go to church? I'm hesitant to use that language, but I think it's just a really, really bad idea. Mm-hmm. It's just hard. You know, like there are so many things that compete for that Sunday slot. Yeah. Whether it's wanting to be a part of a farmer's market (laughs) or I, there's a board game that I love to play and my local club meets on Sundays at noon. There's no way I can get there in time. Like I have to choose not to be a part of this group or I've got, I've got a four year old and I know She's going to get excited about a sport and they're going to be coming after Sundays. Sure. And it's just, Oh, it's really hard. But countercultural. The, yeah. Yeah. But the, the thing is, I think this is not going to be popular. This might be a little bit of a gut check thing, but I think it's just true. We need to remember that our choices, like our choices, they reveal our priorities. Mm-hmm. In other words, like what I say yes to, when I say yes to saying, or when I say yes to something, I'm saying no to something else. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's just how that works. Like, we are not uh, omnipresent. We can only be at one place at once. And there will always be opportunities to do things that we like. But if we're going to go, all right, no, I-, I want to commemorate the gospel in this. I'm going to make this my priority. Hey, I want to teach this to my children. Like, you mentioned your kids. Yeah. yeah like, like, it's it's very, I mean, listen, God can do anything, but it's very, very difficult to expect your children to uh, make being part of a body of believers a priority if you don't. Mm. Um, and so it's one of those things, okay, like, what are you teaching to them? Um, and, and we can have this idea of, well, yeah, I really, really love Jesus. And, and I bet you, you do. At the same time, I would tell you that the people who love Jesus for the last 2,000 years have made getting together with other believers a priority, and they learned that from the people who walked with Jesus. Mm. And so personal spirituality, I'm all for yes and amen. But I would say... Pay attention to the choices that you make because they reveal what's actually in your heart. Sometimes, like I, I think I, I can only speak of me. I'm shocked how well I I am at deceiving myself. <laughs> like I, I think it was um, Andy Stanley talked about this idea of you are the perfect you salesman. Like you know exactly right. What you, like you know exactly what you need to hear to get you to do what you want to do. Right. Yeah. Um. And so if my choices are going, hey, here's these other things. Yeah, I'll go to church next week. What you're believing yeah. is that this other thing will reward you more than being with other believers. Like it'll give you more mm. pleasure, it'll give you more enjoyment in life. Um, and what that shows is a scope of maybe maybe a limited view of eternity. Hey, this benefits my soul in some mystical sense, maybe a practical one that I see. Uh, but this does benefit me and my family. So as for me and my house, this is where we're going to go. Mm. That reminds me of uh, I've been thinking about a lot about posture. My wife's been calling me out about my. <laughs> about you know craning my neck or my back or looking at my phone too much and you see that little arch in your neck and uh the the truth about posture 
is you have to choose to be uncomfortable today to be comfortable down the road. Wow. And so you can slouch all you want today, but you're going to see a chiropractor every week for the rest of your life Mm. in 20 years. Yeah. Uh, Or you're going to have, you know, pinched nerves and stuff because your back's not straight. Yes. And the same would go for Sundays. Yes. If, if you're not making the time for God in the day to day, if you're letting something fickle, take that slot of Sunday morning, right? You're, you're going to feel that in your soul, in your emotions, in, yeah. In, Dude, that in choosing so something else. That, that is, that's a perfect illustration. Yes. Well, thank you for that compliment, Bert. I really, <laughs> I'm happy really, to give it, Mark. I feel like you bring all the wisdom to the podcast. Oh. And I it's just it, it always makes me happy when I can make you go wow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh thank you for all of that, you know, the the research that you've done into Sundays and, and why Christians uh particularly usually choose to worship on Sundays. Yeah. Like and uh it's interesting, you know, when you Google these questions like why do Christians do this, why do they do that? Uh, that is something that a lot of people are like, yeah, why can't I do this on a different day of the week? So thank you so much for all the effort you put into that. Sure thing, man. And uh, if you have a question for Bert and I to talk about, to wrestle with, to even do the research on if it's something obscure, we would love to hear your questions. We'd love to talk about them on the podcast. You can send your questions to podcast at wearethebridge.org. That's podcast at wearethebridge.org. I'll make sure that link is right there in the show notes. But email your questions. We would love to hear from you. You can choose to be anonymous or you can say, well, we're not going to give your like location away. But like, you know, hey, Jerry from <laughs> Lewis. Hello, Jerry. <laughs> Send your questions to podcast at wearethebridge.org. And if you enjoy the show, please help us get the word out by leaving a rating wherever it is you listen to your podcasts. Again, thanks for listening. <laughs>